here on Wednesday night. I want to thank Pastor Travis and Luke for being here and, and just providing worship for us. Uh, I just want to say, guys, it was a blessing. The song, especially, I was in the back just kind of uh, taking in worship. And um, the song that I will praise you on the mountains and I will praise you in the valley all the same. And we're in that place where uh, we're in a valley, um, all of us. Uh, dealing with this virus that's going around. A lot of our lives um, have been changed so drastically in a short time. And uh, even here at Calvary Chapels, we're doing online services. Uh, we uh, know that um, all the churches had to make decisions very quickly last week uh, on Friday, whether to meet or not. And we chose to be proactive and to begin online services. And we're going to continue to do that. Uh, on Sunday morning, uh, we'll be back doing online service this Sunday, uh, the 22nd at 9.30. It will be live. And then what we're going to do is post it by 11 o'clock so you can watch it. We normally have eight, uh, 9.30, and 11 o'clock services here. Uh, but we're going to do live stream at 9.30, post it by 11. And then you can watch it at 11 with your family. Or what you can do is you can watch it at your convenience at noon. You can watch it at 1 o'clock. Um, it'll be posted on our website. It'll be on Facebook Live on our Facebook page. Uh, you can watch it in the evening. And I would encourage you during this time to invite, you know, neighbors or, or tell your neighbors about it. I know that um, we want to be careful about meeting and, uh, you know, numbers and, and all that that um, we want to be wise about. Uh, but maybe pass that information on to, you know, other family members and friends and people at work uh, as we just continue to study God's Word. Now, on Sunday morning, uh, before the last time that we met together here at the building, uh, a week ago Sunday, we had just started a study in Matthew's Gospel. And I'm going to change it for the time being. While we are doing online services and we are not able to meet together on Sunday mornings, I am doing a study on comfort from the Psalms. And I'm going to be going over some of the Psalms that bring us comfort because the book of Psalms is a book that brings us comfort and assurance. And, um, and I, I think it's a very appropriate time for us to be comforted by God's word um, as it does bring us comfort, but particularly uh, as we go through the Psalms. And, and so pass that along uh, and get that information to others that they too can join in on the online services. Um, I know that churches are doing what they can do with the resources that they have and the staff that they have, but we also felt, and I felt very strongly about this, that we wanted to be available during this time and even though we may not be able to meet in Bible studies or uh, lady studies, men's studies, uh, youth groups and, and, and koinia groups and things like that, uh, for the time being, uh, we can be here as much as we can to stay connected to you. And I felt very strong that we're going to continue to do Wednesday night, uh, to go through Jeremiah, to find encouragement in God's Word, because 
as this continues to go longer, this situation to where um, now, even a, a week ago when I was here updating us, when we were gathered, and this sanctuary was pretty full. Uh, I was amazed how many people came out a week ago, uh, and, and the kids were here, a lot of kids and the youth upstairs, and given an update about uh, what we are doing to be proactive uh, during this time and, and cleaning the church and, and uh, waiting to make decisions. And, of course, that was made on Friday um, as uh, uh, you know, isolation is very important, or that is to stop the spread of the virus, to try to flatline it, and um, so much has changed, and it seems like we turn on the news and it goes from bad to worse. Uh, the stock market continues to crash. Uh, people are losing their jobs. Uh, and I am so sorry uh, for the difficulty that you may be going through. Um, I, I uh, want to be available as much as I can to give words of comfort to you and assurance to you from God's word. And so we're going to be here on Wednesday nights doing live stream, uh, continuing to go through Jeremiah, continuing to minister, have that time of worship. So another opportunity for you to pass it on to others. Pastor Luke just uh, did a teaching for the youth that's on our website, uh, uh, Calvary Chapel Youth and Calvary Chapel Greeley uh, on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, so uh, you can listen to that, uh, have your youth listen to it. It's about a 20-minute teaching. Uh, Pastor John's going to do a teaching from the men's study to pass that along. We're going to continue to use social media to connect with you. Uh, we may be doing some other things to encourage the kids. Uh, as much as we can, we want to be a part of your lives and connected to your life. And, uh, and I can't wait till we're all together again. Until we're all together again, we're going to do as much as we can. Call the church if you need prayer. Uh, and uh, we're not on vacation. The pastor's here. We are working. And uh, we, we are praying. And we want to minister and serve. And, and I know that you desire. Uh, you guys have blessed me just uh, sending pictures of, of uh, you watching the live stream on TV or you know, telling me how you've passed it on to others. One of the other things that uh, we want to do is uh, we're going to maybe do it tomorrow, but we got a blizzard warning out. And so everyone be careful. Um, I pray that you're safe. Uh, I know that a lot of us are at home with school being out and spring break and, and other situations that you're facing. Uh, but we are going to get that out. I want to do a short just video on presenting the gospel that you can give to others. Because I feel like as this goes longer, and I don't know how long uh, this is going to last, how long the spread's going to be, how long the recommendation is going to be made to not gather together as groups larger than 10. We know that it's going to extend into next week after that. I'm not sure. We're going to update every week. We're going to let you know. Uh, we're going to follow the recommendations of the CDC, the president, uh, the leaders in our community, the Well County health department, and as soon as we can gather safely and embrace one another, uh, we're going to do that. And I pray that we can by Resurrection Sunday, but we don't know for sure. So every week on our webpage, uh, calvarychapelgreeley.org, O-R-G, on our Facebook, on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, 
We're going to give you updates, but it looks like next week we'll have to continue in uh, doing online services. After that, at the end of March, uh, we'll just continue to keep you updated. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, this is a time for us to continue to minister. Listen, the church is not dead. The church is very much alive. And the Lord is alive in us. For us to reach out to others and to love others and to love our neighbor. And the Lord is showing me that yesterday after I did the uh, radio show, uh, I just came outside and, and, and everything's so empty and the parking lot empty. And, and I remember sitting in my, my car and, and, and just this feeling trying to sort through it. Of, uh, it wasn't an overwhelming feeling of, of you know, fear or um, you know, anxiety or any of those things. But I think what I was feeling, just the, maybe the uncertainty and just how things have changed so quickly. And, and I know that the Lord's going to get us through this. But I also know that, that it has affected our lives in so many ways. Um, maybe when it comes to school, when it comes to graduation, uh, ceremonies that are being canceled, like at UNC. And we have students here that uh, we're going to graduate. Maybe when it comes to being laid off, we've had some people in church laid off or uh, afraid that their work is going to slow down. It's just a matter of time. Uh, maybe it's travel. Maybe it's other situations um, that have been affecting your life because of this virus. And then the everyday things of life that you may be facing. And so I want you to know that the Lord is still here. And he's still on the throne. And he still dwells in our hearts. And the church is still here. And we want to be here to serve you, and we want to be here to give you encouragement in any way that we can. And the Lord still loves us, and his love remains. And so we want to remind you of that. And I'm going to do this video of, of the gospel that maybe perhaps as this goes longer, people are going to be wondering, where is our hope? Um, does the Lord care? Is there a God that you can present that video to others? And so we'll get that out as soon as possible. But uh, we are praying for you. Um, you know, and, and thank you so much again for you who have offered, you know, what can we do to serve? What can we do if somebody needs, you know, some groceries dropped off or needs some diapers or something like that? Um, I know that uh, you have offered that and, and we're just going to continue to uh, just reach out as a church and you as an individual, check on your neighbors, you know, check on uh, others, uh, let them know that you're thinking about them and praying for them. And, and yesterday when I went to get a haircut, I went into the place that I get a haircut and I had called them and said, are you guys still cutting hair? And, and she, um, they said, well, we're uh, doing it for now, but I don't know how much longer we're going to do it. So come on in. No one's here. So I went to get a haircut. And I've been going to that place for a few years, and they kind of know me. And the gals were there. I was the only one in there. And the call came from the owner to close it down. I was the last customer. And uh, one of the gals said, I'm scared. Um, how am I going to pay the bills? And, and it was an opportunity for me to just... Uh, minister to her and, sh and share with her and, um, and to ensure her and to um, just encourage her in, in the things of the Lord. And we have those opportunities. I was blessed today. Sue and I were taking a walk um, in one of the parks. And I'm blessed here in Greeley that we have such a wonderful park system. And 
Uh, we were taking a walk, as many of you perhaps were getting out. A lot of people were out walking, and, and uh, we ran into uh, a young lady uh, that we've known since she was just uh, a small child. And uh, so blessed to be able to see her. And uh, she was out with her baby and uh, taking a walk. And she said, if there's anything I can do, if we can, you know, help with, you know, deliver uh, groceries or drop a basket off. And I was so blessed by that. So let's continue to pray. Let's continue to look for ways that the Lord would give a word of encouragement to others or to serve others in a practical way. And I know that, that we have to be a little bit creative in that uh, with, with this virus going around, but it can be done. We can drop a, a box of food off to somebody at their doorstep. We can give a call. We can uh, write a card. We can uh, just encourage and, and in those ways, and I pray that we do, because we have light to give in the darkness, and we got comfort to give in the confusion. And so um, just let's continue to to encourage each other and to pray for each other and bless each other. So Jeremiah chapter 12, uh, we began to look at and want to continue to go through Jeremiah. But you remember that in Jeremiah chapter 12, if you have your Bibles with you, that Jeremiah is ministering during a very difficult time himself. And, and he is feeling the pressure because uh, in chapter 12, he, he's wrestling with the Lord. He's wondering why uh, am I being persecuted? Why are my own brethren from my own town coming against me? And he's wrestling with the Lord. And maybe there are those of you that you're wrestling with all this. Why this virus? Why doesn't the Lord just take it away? Why are we going through this trial? And I'm, now I may lose my job or I have lost my job. And, and we've had to uh, change, you know, things and plans and uh, things that we're looking forward to or whatever the case may be for you. And Jeremiah, in the honesty of his heart, we're going to see as we go through chapter 12 and 13, is wrestling with these things and the Lord is ministering to him. And as we began to look at chapter 12 last time, you recall that the Lord said to Jeremiah in verse 5 of chapter 12, that if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? You see, I really believe that during this time that the Lord wants to strengthen us. And in those times that we feel down, he wants to build us up. And in those times that we doubt, he wants to assure us. And in those times that, that uh, we fret and he wants to give us comfort and he wants to give us joy. Uh, I was sharing with uh, some yesterday as I was sharing on the radio that uh, the church at Thessalonica has come to mind with me because they were ones that were afflicted. They were a young church. And when Paul writes a letter to them, and they're not that old, um, he's writing from Corinth. He's writing to them uh, in that early epistle uh, to a church that's uh, very young in the Lord. But uh, he says that I know your, your, uh, your labor of love and your hope and your patience and hope. And he expresses to them how they had faith, the work of faith, how faith is working in your lives. And he would go on to acknowledge that they had joy because they were followers of Christ and they were examples of Christ in their life as well, of the gospel. And the Lord desires to give us joy during this time. Joy is just that peace and assurance that the Lord is working. And that the Lord is with us. And so he wants to strengthen us 
in this time. And, and the way to do that is to be established in the word of God. And we're going to see that, that he's going to encourage Jeremiah that you be established and tell the nation that if you don't follow my word, you don't believe my word, that you will not be established. And so as we pick it up here in verse 6, for even your brothers in the house of your father, even they have dealt treacherously with you. Yes, they have called you a multitude after you. Do not believe them, even though they speak smooth words to you. I have forsaken my house. I have left my heritage. I have given the dearly beloved of my soul into the hand of her enemies. My heritage is like to me a lion in the forest. It cries out against me. Therefore, I have halted, uh, hated it, that is. Verse 9, my heritage is to me like a speckled vulture. The vultures all around are against her. Come, assemble all the beasts of the field. Bring them to devour. And so as we read this, God hated their sin. He didn't hate them. And it's being expressed how destruction would come to them. And, and here Jeremiah, uh, as he is speaking the word of the Lord, as he's wrestling with these things, uh, this is a hard message that he's having to give to the nation. As we read in verse 10, many rulers have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my, uh, trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. In verse 11, they have made it desolate. Desolate it mourns to me. The whole land is made desolate because no one takes it to heart. The plunders have come on all the desolate heights in the wilderness. For the sword of the Lord shall devour from one end of the land to the other end of the land. No flesh shall have peace. And they have sown wheat but reaped thorns. They have put themselves to pain but do not profit. But be ashamed of your harvest because of the fierce anger of the Lord. And so you're not going to have crops. There's not going to be the fruit. Your land is left to you desolate. And I want to remind us that as he's speaking to a nation that has forsaken him, that anyone that forsakes the Lord, or if we forsake the Lord, and we pursue the world or carnality, that there will be uh, something that will cause our lives to be desolate. That will be the end result. There will be a dryness. The, there won't be the fruit produced in our lives that God wants to produce. And, and we know that uh, we will go through uh, that sort of thing in our own lives. And so he's going to continue uh, speaking to them, but he doesn't leave them without any hope. He says, thus says the Lord against all my evil neighbors who touch in the inheritance which I've caused my people Israel to inherit. Behold, I will pluck them out of their land from plucked from the house of Judah and from among them. Then it shall be after I have plucked them out that I will return and have compassion on them and bring them back everyone to his heritage and everyone to his land. You may speak to somebody, and maybe even you're listening, that maybe you've been away from the Lord. And the Lord has brought this circumstance of, of what we are seeing back uh, to bring you back to him. And you may be wondering, can I come back to the Lord? Will he hear me? Will he forgive me? And I want you to know, even as he showed you know, mercy and grace to his own people, he said, I'm going to bring you back. And I'm going to have compassion on you. And as you desire to draw close to the Lord, maybe you've been away from the Lord. And maybe this, the whole circumstances, you see that and realize that uh, this world is very uncertain. And, and as you desire to come back to him, he has compassion for you.
And he desires for you to draw close to him. And he desires for you to come and and turn to him and be forgiven. And he receives you with his love. And it shall be if they will learn carefully the ways of my people to swear by my name. As the Lord lives, as they taught my people to swear by Baal, then they shall be established in the midst of my people. But if they do not obey, I will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation, says the Lord. You know, one of the things that this reminds me of is the Lord, of course, had made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came to Mount Sinai, coming out of Egypt. And you see that as he brought them there to Mount Sinai, he gave them the law, but he also made a covenant with them that was called the Mosaic Covenant. And in the Mosaic Covenant, he said, if you follow after me, if you believe in me, if you walk in my ways, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless the land. You're going to be established. I'll protect you from your enemies. The land's going to produce fruit and produce crops. Uh, It's going to be well with you. But if you forsake me and follow after other gods, uh, then you're going to see that there's going to be consequences and there's going to be famine. There's going to be drought. We're going to see that Jeremiah here is going to speak of a a drought when we get to chapter 14 and famine that comes and and how the land um, is left barren. And we see that in that Mosaic covenant, the Lord said that that would happen. And he would bring that because he's trying to get the attention of the people. And sometimes when we feel famine and and we feel dry or uh, he said, I'll I'll bring the locusts. And and when we feel like, you know, that we've been eaten up because the locusts would come in and eat all uh, the vegetation and everything. He used those things to try to get the people to come back to him. And when we're feeling that he's wanting to get our attention and he desires for us to come to him. And, And here he's saying, listen, if you forsake me, you know, you're going to be plucked up and, and um, you're going to be taken captive. And in this case, it's going to be by the Babylonians. But he says that if you follow after me, you will be established. It reminds me here as I read this, that if the ways of my people to swear by my name as the Lord lives, and they taught my people to swear by Baal, then they shall be established in the midst of my people. He wanted them to be established. In Isaiah chapter 7, it was Ahaz who was the king of Judah. And we've talked about this before in, in our previous studies when we went through the book of Isaiah. And, and Ahaz was not right with the Lord. And here comes Isaiah to give a word to Ahaz that Ahaz, who was very upset, he was trying to come up with this plan because the king of Israel and the king of Syria were planning on killing him. And so he's trying to figure out what to do. He's anxious. He's fretting. He, he's very upset. And Isaiah comes to him and says, listen, Ahaz, it isn't going to happen. Reason and Pekah, those two kings, are not going to accomplish what they want to, and that is to kill you. It's not going to come to pass. And Ahaz wouldn't believe the word of the Lord. Ahaz wasn't right with the Lord. And you recall, as you read Isaiah chapter 7, that it was the uh, the prophet that said to uh, Ahaz that Ahaz um, asked for a sign, ask it in the heaven, on the earth, under the earth. And Ahaz wouldn't because he wasn't right with the Lord. And the Lord said, I'm going to give you a sign, Ahaz. And you know what that sign is, many of you, as you know the passage from Isaiah chapter 7. That behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, 
which is translated God with us, of course. And you see, he went on to say too, uh, to Ahaz, that Ahaz, if you don't believe the word of the Lord, you will not be established. I think that we're looking to be established in times like this, aren't we? We want to be established in the Lord. We want to be strengthened in the Lord. And the way to be established in the Lord is to remember his promises for you. And to remember this, Emmanuel, that God is with us. He hasn't left us, but God is with us. And as we remember the presence of the Lord, and as we remember the promise of the Lord, that you will be established. But if we are ones that we're trying to figure things out in our own understanding, this is a hard thing to understand. And I know that, that we're trying to make plans and, and we're trying to figure things out. And, and Lord, what's going to happen next week? What's going to happen next month? What's going to happen this summer? How am I going to pay the bills? Am I going to be able to come back to work? Am I going to be able to keep my job? But remember the promise of Proverbs chapter 3, you know it, that trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And we are going through such a season right now, all of us, and the world is, our nation is, our community, our church, where we don't understand why this is going on, why this is happening. But you've heard me say this many times before, that when you're confronted with things that you don't understand, fall back on the things that you do understand. And know that the Lord desires for you to be established. And the way to be established is remember that God is with us. He hasn't left us. And to know that his promises are still true for us. And as we do and continue to walk in his ways, because the Lord does want to strengthen us. He wants us to be able to, to run with the horsemen. And to be able to, to minister, not from our own strength, but from his strength. Not from our own understanding, but from a peace that passes understanding. And to have the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit as the church at Thessalonica had. They were persecuted. They were afflicted. And Paul says, in your affliction, you have joy of the Holy Spirit that dwells in your hearts. The assurance and peace that he is still with us and working in our lives. And this is an opportunity for us to really see the Lord show himself strong on our behalf and to be established in him. And that's my prayer. So as we move into chapter 13, we, we see that um, thus says the Lord, as we read it to me, go and, and get yourself a linen sash and put it around your waist, but do not put it in water. So Jeremiah says, I got a sash according to the word of the Lord and put it around my waist. Now, a sash was a belt that would hold your robe close to yourself. And when you gird it yourself, you know, um, your loins, you, you hear that phrase in the scriptures. You remember um, that in Luke's gospel, Jesus said, let your waist be girded and your lamps be burning. And, and what it speaks about is, you know, that, that uh, sass, that belt, that when you went to work, uh, you would tuck your robe, you would kind of pull it up and you can move around easily. It speaks of service. Um, it, it speaks of us continuing to work. A guy that was plowing his field, uh, he would 
tuck his robe under that sash, that belt, and he could move more easily. Um, it was Jesus, as of course we know that he was one, that he girded himself with a towel and he washed the disciples' feet. And so here is Jeremiah. He has this sash. It's beautiful. It's not faded. Uh, and people would notice it as he walked through the streets of Jerusalem. And what I pray and hope during this time that people would notice us, that we would gird up, you know, uh, the, the loins of our waist and we would keep our lamps burning, that we would be light, that we would continue to serve, continue to, to be open to the Lord using us and washing feet and, and, and caring for others and loving our neighbor. And as he was told to, to put that sash around his waist, verse 3, and the word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, take the sash and, that you acquired, which is around your waist, and arise and go to Euphrates and hide it there in a hole in the rock. Now the Euphrates River was about three or 400 miles away in Babylon, uh, in that area where they are going to be taken captive. Uh, in that area today that is called Iraq. And you, you are to go to Euphrates. It would be a long walk. And you take this beautiful sash and you hide it you know, under a rock. So I went and hid it, verse 5 says, by the Euphrates, as the Lord commanded me. And now it came to pass after many days that the Lord said to me, Arise, go to the Euphrates, and take from there the sash which I commanded you to hide there. So what he was to do is that he was to go back to that area of Babylon. He was to then take that sash um, and he was to retrieve it. And if reads in verse 7, then Jeremiah, he says that I went to the Euphrates and dug and I took the sash from the place where I had hidden it. And there was the sash. It was ruined. It was profitable for nothing. So after many days, um, after a, a time, he would have to walk all the way back. He would find the sash under that rock. And of course, it would be, you know, decayed and moldy and dirty. And, and uh, he retrieved it. And it was profitable for nothing, verse 7. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Thus says the Lord, In this manner I will ruin the pride of Jer Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. And this evil people who refuse to hear my words, who follow the dictates of their hearts, and walk after other gods to serve them and worship them, shall be just like this sash, which is profitable for nothing. For as the sash clings to the waist of a man, so I've caused the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah to cling to me, says the Lord, that they may become my people for renown, for praise, and for glory, but they would not hear. Uh, this new beautiful belt would be worthless. It was buried for many days. And, and he takes it, and he would wear this dirty sash, and it would be an object lesson to disobedient Judah in Jerusalem. Their disobedience had ruined them. Now, how do we make application in our own lives? Listen, in the New Testament, Paul the Apostle in Ephesians and in the book of Colossians, and I'll read to you from Colossians chapter 3, he tells us what you and I to, are to do is uh, that you put off the old man, uh, the old deeds, the former lust, put off the old man, and then you put on the new man who's renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So that, that wording put on a new man literally has the idea of putting on a new set of clothes. 
hey, we've been clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And as we put on the new man, he goes on to tell us what the character of the new man is. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. And he goes on to say, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. So as we put on the new man... What we are to put on as we have the righteousness of Jesus Christ, that we are to, to put on tender mercies, be merciful towards others, kindness, be humble before the Lord, and in humility desiring to please the Lord and walk with the Lord and serve him. Meekness. Meekness means strength under control. And I pray that as we hear the command, be strong and of good courage, that we would put on, you know, strength, but it would be strength that is led by the Lord. That, that we would be meek in serving others, long-suffering. And, and again, I've said this before, Paul uses that word a lot, long-suffering, um, in his epistles. And, and those are two words that we don't like to put together. Long and suffering, because short suffering is hard enough. And how long is this, uh, you know, coronavirus going to last? How long are the problems that it brings going to last? You hear people, you hear the experts, you hear the leaders say, it could go into summer, July, it could go into August. We don't know for sure. But may the Lord help us be long-suffering. Lord, not just this week, but next week. Lord, next month. You know, as we enter into summer, Lord, to trust you and to look to you and to put on, above all things, on love, which is the bond of perfection, to continue to love him and to continue to love others. Lord, do that work in us and help us to do that. And that's what he wants to do. So here was this sash that was an object lesson as they would see that what they had done and and we've seen the sins of the Judah of Jerusalem. They were greedy. They were given over to covetousness. They were only into themselves. They were not given to others. They were not given to the Lord at all. And then he gives another symbol, symbol of the wine bottles in verses 12 and through 14. And therefore you shall speak to them this words, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Every bottle shall be filled with wine. And they shall say to you, Do we not certainly know that every bottle will be filled with wine? And then you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will fill all the inhabitants of the land, even the kings who sit on David's throne, the priests and the prophets. You see, even the leadership uh, had corrupted themselves, the, the spiritual leaders, the civil leaders. The, um, he says, And all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with drunkenness. And I will dash them one against another, even the fathers and the sons together, says the Lord. And I will not pity nor spare or have mercy, but I will destroy them. And then verse 15, hear and give ear. And do not be proud, for the Lord has spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before he causes darkness and before your feet stumble on the dark mountains. And while you're looking for light, he turns it to shadow of death. And it makes his dense darkness. 
But if you will not hear it, my soul will weep in secret for your pride. My eyes will weep bitterly and run down with tears because the Lord's flock has been taken captive. You can see why Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. As he speaks to them about this symbol of the wine bottles, that every bottle filled with wine in that time would speak of prosperity. And Jeremiah is saying, no, during this time, that it's going to speak of judgment. And that as he goes on, he says, you're going to be stumbling in the darkness. God had given his light to them and they rejected. And now they're in darkness and they're going to, you know, the darkness be around them. And they would stumble in the darkness as we read these verses. And, and it reminds me of what uh, we read in John's gospel, speaking of Jesus. In him was light and life and, and was the light uh, of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. And we know that Jesus would say in John chapter 3 that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds be exposed. And here Jeremiah is telling them, you have rejected God's light and now you're going to remain in the darkness. You know, we can still have light in this situation and light to give to others. And I want to remind you what Psalm 119 tells us, that your word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And as I consider that, that that lamp is, you know, it's not a beacon down the road that as we want to know, Lord, you know, Were to travel for the next month or two, he's saying one step at a time, like a lamp. But his word's going to guide you and give light to you. And his word is going to be in your heart. And the light of Jesus Christ is in you in this time of darkness. And you're able to share it with others as you trust in him and look to him. Father, I thank you for this time that we've had together to be encouraged in your word because you desire to bring light for us to be established, for us to have assurance and to be strengthened. All these things that Jeremiah is being reminded of that we need today. So, Father, I pray that you would do just that. And I also pray, Lord, that as we gather with our families or wherever we're at, that we would be encouraged, even if we have online, we miss the fellowship, but we still come together with one heart and one accord. And I just want to pray for everyone that how this uh, situation, as we've seen the economy tank, we've seen uh, situations have changed and, and disappointment has come. I pray that you would just comfort your people, that you would provide for us, that you would keep us safe, Lord, we pray that this coronavirus would go away, that you would bring healing to our land. But I pray more than anything that it would bring us our community. Uh, It would bring our state, our nation, this world to a great revival of turning to you, recognizing that this world is not certain. There's so much uncertainty and there is darkness and confusion, but we can turn to the one who's the creator who gives us certainty through your word, who gives us hope through the gospel, 
that there be a turning to you, that we would be used to, to give that message of hope to others. And I want to pray if there's anyone that's listening right now that maybe, number one, you've never really surrendered to the Lord. And now you, you, you're wondering. And the Lord says that I love you and I provided forgiveness and salvation. And that's why he came and went through the sufferings of the cross. He died on the cross for you and he loves you. And, and as he was on that cross, he cried out, it is finished. That I paid the price. I did the work. And as we come in faith asking for forgiveness, because here's the thing. The Bible says there's something worse than the coronavirus, as bad as it is. And I don't want to make light of it. But there's a bondage and a disease that's even worse than that is sin that's affected man. And that's why Jesus came. To die for your sins on that cross And he said, I've done the work. And he was put into a grave and he rose again. And he conquered sin and death and he is alive. And the invitation to you is to come and believe on him for forgiveness and the hope of eternal life. There is a living hope that we have through his resurrection, as Peter writes. And you can belong to a kingdom that will last forever. A kingdom, heaven, where there'll be no more tears, no more suffering. And he loves you, and he invites you to come. Will you do that? And right where you are, even where you're sitting, you can cry out to the Lord and turn to him. And you can pray, Jesus, I ask that you come into my life as my Lord and Savior because I want to be forgiven. Forgive me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And you're alive, you rose again, and you're speaking to me at this time. And I thank you for hearing my prayer, for loving me and giving me a living hope, for giving me and bringing me into the kingdom of God and to the family of God. And I want to know you and walk with you. I thank you for this new beginning and bringing light into my heart and into my life in Jesus' name. And listen, if, if you made that decision, call the church, leave a message. We want to pray with you. We, we want to talk with you. But also for you right now that maybe you're struggling and, and maybe the Lord's getting your attention. Maybe there's been drought in your life and maybe there's been famine, there, spiritually speaking. Maybe that, that the Lord's got your attention and his invitation is to come back to him. He loves you. He wants to show compassion to you. For you to repent Turn away from the worldliness and the carnality and come to him and find rest in him. Find peace that passes understanding and be established in your life once again, confirming your love and belief in him. He loves you. And to bring light back into your life and to your heart. You can pray, Jesus, I come. And I've been away in And Lord, this situation has caused me to realize that this world is not my hope. You are. Forgive me. And I come back to you to reaffirm my love and belief in you, to turn to you. And I thank you for your compassion. I thank you for your forgiveness. And I pray that you would just help me to walk with you all the days of my life and to keep my eyes on you. And if you prayed that prayer, we want to encourage you and pray for you. Or send us a message or email us or 
We want to just encourage you further any way that we can. And Father, I just pray that you would just, just bless everyone. Help us with the isolation, with the challenges that come. And Lord, I pray you bless everyone here tonight. We look forward to gathering together. We don't know when that's going to be. But in the meantime, just help us be flexible and open to your leading. To put on the new man of tender mercies and humility and meekness. And of love, love towards others. I pray that you provide. That you bless, that you give wisdom to those who need it or are making decisions. And Lord, help us be established in you having the promise, Emmanuel, God is with us, the promise of your presence and the promises of your word. Letting your word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path as we walk in the light in the darkness that's around us. And that we can give that message to others as well to bring comfort to them. Thank you for tonight. Bless everyone here now as we go our way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we'll be back here on Sunday. Uh, look on our webpage and on Facebook for other posts that we're going to be making. But God bless you and have a good evening.